When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hello, and welcome to Oaktown Boys, uh, season number three, episode number seven. How's it going? You know, you know, it's going. It's going. It's, it's been quite the week. It's been the week of terrible, no good, very bad A's news. It's true. It's true. Um, as many of you know, um, the A's are the A's are in an agreement to purchase, I believe, forty nine acres. Um, just off the Las Vegas Strip um, with the intention of building a ballpark there. Um, it all sounds not great, obviously. Um, this is not the type of news that any of us wanted to hear at any point. Although I think we all knew on some level that this is news that we might hear at some point. Um, obviously, like, a lot to unpack. Um, but I don't, I don't think they're toast. I don't think it's fully over yet. Um, We're here to tell you that if you want to remain hopeful, we'll be right there with you. Um, Why not? One thing that I really do want to get to super quick is that I keep reading um, on a lot of releases that it's a it's a binding agreement to buy land. It is not a binding agreement to buy land. It is. Uh, there are certain people that have been working for the A's that I guess are technically still working for the A's, but some of us might say are working against the We're A's at this about point. Dave Cat. Um, and Dave. some of the Dave. some of the vernacular is very interesting. You know, um, I saw. Uh, I mean, I've seen I've seen tons of clips of tons of interviews with of, of the few interviews with him now. I also find it very strange that he was completely radio silent for ever, and now seems to have all sorts of things to say. Um, but he said the main deal was with the uh, maritime polluters, and uh, the main like the main hiccup was the maritime polluters getting in the way of the Howard Terminal. He said that uh, recently? Yeah, he said that, I think, maybe yesterday. And it's just, you know... So all the steel companies that love polluting the water don't want to stop polluting it, and they just won't... But he just... I He... he the way he chooses to, to phrase things sometimes uh, 
doesn't paint him as a very nice he's kind of a smart me I would say you know it's uh he's a smart you smart me smart uh, me uh-huh. smart me <laughs> No, smarmy is in snakey. You're too, you're snake too in the smart grass. for me, Dan. He's a snake in the grass. Um, but anyway, so yeah, it's bad. It's 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 not been a very fun week. Um, I and the and the news dropped just in like terrible fashion. It basically was broken to us as the mayor of Oakland was like, "Yeah, the city of Oakland's ending negotiations with the A's because they don't seem like they're negotiating in good faith." So it's over. It's basically what we were told. Yeah. And then they're like, yeah, we bought this land in Vegas. And it was like all happening at once. And Yeah, and it seemed all like... All of our closest friends started texting us, telling us they feel terrible for us. It was just it was just rough. Yeah. And, and it seemed like they there was supposed to be a lot of negotiation done behind closed doors. And I guess also the fact that the the offer had been made on the land was released I don't know it was just it seemed like a lot of it wasn't done in very good faith there seemed to be I don't know exactly what's going on but it doesn't seem like they're being very friendly to each other right you know yeah it seems like Oakland believes the A's were just kind of using them as leverage to drive up the price tag to make more money by going somewhere else and who knows if that's true there's also as we're kind of hinting at there's also like the possibility that this in itself is just like another step along the way to hopefully stay in Oakland. I mean, yeah, there's a lot of paths this could still take. Certainly doesn't look great on paper, but yeah, as Dan mentioned, this is not yet legally binding, and there's no. really there's not a lot of reason to believe that it's going to be smooth sailing moving and building in Vegas. I mean, we've seen how tough it is to build. In the city that they're already located in. Damn near impossible. Um, so we'll see. We'll see what happens. And I mean, there's a lot of... Uh, an interview. There's an interview with a guy named David Sampson. Who was in the, uh, pro, who was in the uh, Marlins front office. For 16 years. And... Uh, he, he said, verbe, I, w- I, would, I would say it's not a done deal by any stretch. Um, for a number of reasons. Um, A's haven't gotten public financing and they're going to need it. Um, they, which it, they, it seems like they are also acting like that's done. You know, I mean, the, the tone seems to be like, oh, you know, yeah, I mean, the Vegas deal is kind of like, on, you know, wrapped up and done. And it doesn't seem like that's true at all. It seems like, you know, there's a fair amount of people in Vegas also that aren't very excited. I mean, I we know, as A's fans, the last thing the ownership group of the Oakland A's is going to do is privately fund their own stadium. It's just not happening. If it was going to happen, it would have happened by now. They're going to need several hundred million dollars from and, someone else. I mean, it seems like they want something like 500 plus million dollars in just public tax money and i don't really care what state you're talking about i mean that's definitely not you're not you're gonna have you're not gonna get 500 million plus dollars in california of tax money for a sports stadium i don't i don't think any i mean i think the warriors new stadium in san francisco was i mean 
quote unquote privately funded, but I think mostly privately funded. I think they paid a lot of money for that stadium, and they definitely didn't get five hundred million dollars in public help. Um, and ba- this is this is, I think, the perspective that some of us don't have. That I thought about, kind of, I thought was very interesting. Um, this is David Sampson on why the A's have a crucial deadline. Is there a chance the A's move to Vegas? Yes. But here's the problem. They've got to get a deal done somewhere by January of 2024. Not because their lease runs out in Oakland. Not because there's possums running around. Not because they got to hurry up and get to Vegas. But because in the collective bargaining agreement, if they don't have a stadium deal done by then, they lose their revenue sharing. That's the problem for ownership. And boy, without that revenue sharing, they may not be one of the most profitable teams in baseball. So I think... Um, I know I'm being optimistic, but this feels to me like, yeah, I mean, it feels like they're trying to put pressure on Oakland and they're trying to say, we're going to move to Vegas. If you don't, if you don't, if you don't give us what we want, we're going to move to Vegas. But I don't think it's that simple. I don't think they're, I don't think Vegas is quite clamoring for a team as much as A's ownership would like them to be. At least that's what I'm hoping. Who freaking knows? A lot of interesting sound bites being dropped. There's a Dave Cavill saying they're going to keep the A's athletics brand and Las Vegas A's has a nice ring to it, which, you know, we can all choose to disagree with. <laughs> um, and, I mean, I feel like this is obvious. I, I feel the need to say this, but I also feel like this is obvious. If we have people listening in Las Vegas and you guys really do want a baseball team, this isn't like we're not trying to, like, dump on you. We don't have any no, of those. There's, I don't. It's just not... You know, we don't want you to take our baseball team. You know, like that's it's I, I, I think it might even be a good idea with a better plan in Vegas, but I don't think this is the one. And I don't think the A's ownership group is your people. Yeah. You know? Like we've been cursed with the we've been cursed with this problem. I almost I almost don't want to pass it on to a different group of people who didn't do anything wrong. <laughs> You know, I mean, he, and we've seen it a lot, and I fully agree. If anyone believes that a new stadium means that this ownership group is going to start investing heavily in the team, you are fooling yourself. <laughs> they go, they're going to run the way they're going to run the team. I mean, the way that they ran it a couple of years ago when we were building around, you know, the mat, the mats, and Mark Hanna. You know, I mean, you try and find, you try and develop some star players, and then you spend a little bit of money, maybe. But not enough to be in the red at all. You buy and that's, an Andrew Chafin and a Josh Harrison. And that's exactly what's going to happen, even if they have a shiny new brand, new ballpark. So, I also feel like that's that's important to consider for people that might be hopeful about, uh, you know, big money contender in Vegas. If this if this team moves to Vegas, not happening. Th- things could get really funky, like. Um I was thinking about it this way. So, I mean, there's really... Does anyone know how much longer the A's are going to play in Oakland if we move to Vegas? I think it sounds like not really. It sounds like we could theoretically start playing in the Aviators' home ballpark like next year. They're saying that could work. I don't know. If, how does that really work? Like, There's got to be some home games for each team on the same day that it would be hard to work around. Well, um, but all that, let alone that... I'm just thinking. Let's let's see. Could be a realistic situation where two to three years from now the A's are like good. 
they might be decent. They might have all of the young studs called up. The rebuild might be coming more or less to an end. Yeah. And then, so what if that's like the last year in Oakland? We win the division. Everyone knows we're leaving town the next year. It would just be so weird. There's no way we would get that many fans, even if the team was contending, because there's so many Oakland fans that are just so pissed off. And I don't know. I just feel like it could be such a bizarre situation. Like, team's on the up, but everyone knows they're leaving, so no one's coming out to support. So regardless of any exciting baseball being played on the field, the fan base just probably won't get that energized. Maybe, yeah, maybe there's a significant number of Las Vegas A's fans that we don't really know about that are are ready and willing to take up the mantle, but I don't know. I don't see it. Things could get real weird. Well, there's no ballpark renderings at all. Right. There doesn't seem to be any any actual movement in terms of what they would be building on this land that they might be buying. They're, as we mentioned, asking for $500 million to help build this stadium. And I remember, I mean, maybe a year and a half ago, when Rob Manfred just kind of came out and said, like, oh, yeah, if they were going to... Um, if they were going to relocate, we would waive the relocation fee. Well, that's not how it works. It, you have to, it has to be voted on. The team owners have to vote on waiving the relocation fee from Oakland to Vegas. And I, I don't, again, that's not a foregone conclusion that they would vote to waive the relocation fee because there's no, there's no, you know, I mean, I do we feel bad for John Fisher? Why would we do that? You know? So um, I think there's more... The national narrative seems to be that the A's are gone and leaving for Vegas. And I think that's doing Dave Cavill and his team a lot of favors. Yeah. Um, which is a little bit frustrating because it feels like it isn't quite there yet. There's a long way to go. Who knows? Um, as we mentioned last episode, we are Sacramento Kings fans. The Kings were on their way out of Sacramento to Seattle not all that long ago. So... Um, this has happened before and who knows it may not go the way everyone says it's going to go anyway so all this while I believe this news was announced last Wednesday night I think so following Mason Miller's debut it was either that night or the the next night Um, but I think you're right so it seemed like the A's were trying to they threw this out late at night right after like a right after or right before Mason Miller makes his major league debut, um, so kind of took the wind out of those sails a little bit. But he was pretty cool. Yeah, totally. He was pretty cool to watch. He's um, electric. Unfortunately, we didn't win that game. Um, so just a quick recap of the games since our last episode. We lost the final two games against the Cubs, got swept by the Cubs at home. Cubs are looking okay. The Cubs are looking okay. Marcus Stroman was quite good. Um, and um, Bellinger's Bellinger might be back. Bellinger is, yeah, MVP belly. Yeah, and Steele was good. There, the Cubs are Cubs are better than I thought they were going to be. Oh, here we go. So Miller in his debut went four and a third. I was against Justin Steele. He struck out five, walked one, gave up two earned runs, four hits. Um, but I mean, he just looked freaking electric. And this he was, hit what the hundred and two and a half. Hundred and two and a half was his highest pitch of the game. But I'm pretty sure he hit over a hundred like 
I don't know, 12, 13 times at least. And it was pretty easy. He was just kind of rocking and firing out there. You know, like set it the, really explodes. Yeah, set the new A's record for fastest pitch in the StatCast era, beating Frankie Montas by probably over an entire mile per hour. If not more, maybe. Um, so he is as advertised. He pitched tonight, and he did okay. He he hung in there. Unfortunately, Estre Ruiz let a ball get by him in the outfield that got counted as a triple. Yeah, who is... Who is scorekeeping this? Uh, I'm getting ahead of myself, though. So, uh, A's Rangers series. A's win the first game of the Rangers series, 5-4. to four. Uh, Jordan Diaz with um, a big go-ahead home run in the ninth inning. And, where is it? Oh, wrong box score. Uh, Familia with the save. Obviously, Chad Smith. Bullpen extraordinaire had a scoreless inning in that game. Chad Smith, the Chad Smith Zach, Zach Jackson, Jackson combo, man. That's <laughs> it's all we got in the bullpen. Yeah, really. <laughs> we should definitely mention Sears absolutely dealt that day. Struck he did. out eleven and six innings. And he is two. he was the guy I hand to God, he was the guy that I maybe was not the highest on Going of the group year. of dudes. And he has looked Solid, totally, and it's important to remember. Last year, we were pretty jazzed about him. He was, That's true. He was one of the more exciting things we had going on last year. So yeah, it's great to see him continuing to do what he has shown he can do. Although I'm not sure he has ever shown that he can strike out 11 in one game before. Um, so of course, come on the back of a good game, the A's had to go and get blown out, 18 to three. Uh, Fujinami did so terribly that he has now been moved to the bullpen. Adrian Martinez came in in mop-up duty and got injured. Uh, James Cap came in out of the bullpen. He is no longer in the rotation. Jace Peterson made a pitching appearance in what was maybe a, a first or at least a rarity. Uh, I believe the Rangers put one of their relief pitchers to the plate against Jace Peterson. Yes. So that was just a bizarre, bizarre thing. I think Jace got the strikeout on him. Yeah, um, but rough game. Rough game. Is that guy even pitching? Oh, yeah, he was. Spores. He went two innings that game. Uh, So, yeah, that game was rough, as many of the games this year have been. Followed that up with a 2-5 loss. Uh, Jacob deGrom. Looked healthy. Looked like DeGrom. <laughs> he pulled a J.P. Sears, struck out 11 through 6. He did give up a major tater to Shea Langliers. Shea Langliers, who's banging it. He is. He's been great. Um, and then now we have something fun to talk about. We'll talk about yesterday's game. So Yay! The A's, the A's won 11 to 10. And not only that, but they, they were dominating at one point. Um, of course, they blew that lead. They were winning... Seven to two, seven to one at one point. Was it seven? I think it was seven to two, wasn't it? Seven to two was the biggest lead, I believe. I think it was very briefly seven to one. Okay. Um, blew it with a five-run inning in the sixth for the Angels. That tied it up. Angels took the lead, eight-seven. A's tied it up, eight-eight in the ninth on a bases-loaded walk to Rooker, um, and then came away with three more in the tenth and only allowed two in the bottom of the tenth, and they won. 11 to 10. So it took five home runs? I believe so. Including back-to-back twice. Including two sets of back-to-back jacks. Which is 
Um, I I don't want to get this wrong, which is per Sarah Lang's first time in A's franchise history they've had the same players go back to back twice in the same game. They have gone back to back twice, five times overall in a game, but never the same players. Wow. And I also saw there was a double header, and I think it was like Sal Bando and Joe Rudy went back to back in each end of the double header. Yeah. Maybe Reggie Jackson. I don't can't remember off the top of my head. But yeah, never in the same game by the two players. That, that is crazy, before. man. Very crazy. And it, yeah, that's what put us up seven to one. And at the time, I was like, oh, that's hot true. Damn, right. we You're might right. freaking blow these boys out. But then, no, no, of course not. No, we did not. If the and I think win, you you texted that at some point, right? Like, of course, this game is tied. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Man. But Brent Rooker, right? Brent Rooker. Brent, have we even announced who did this? Brent Rooker, Jesus Aguilar. Uh, dude, Brent Rooker's the truth. And also, like I, you, I think we talked. I think we touched on it. I think you touched on it a little bit last episode. Um, that Aguilar is looking fine. Aguilar is looking. Aguilar is Aguilar is definitely doing his part. But I mean, I every everyone's paling in comparison Brent Rooker right now, except for Carlos Perez. But yeah, yeah. I mean, he's, it's he's it's, not hitting taters at the same pace as Rooker. It's it's starting to become less of a small sample size thing with Brent Rooker and more of a. I don't know if he figured something out or if he just needed a little bit of run, because he looks legit. You know, I, he looks very legit. He's got, he's walking, he's he hitting is. taters. He's he's just straight up. He's our best player, like by, by. He's he's making it happen with runners on base. Yes, he is definitely our best player currently. Which I'm not sure many of us saw going into the season. It wasn't completely but out of the realm of possibility. I will say, I'm pretty sure on this podcast, we were fairly high on Brent Rooker, on Connor Capel, and on J.J. Bleday. And right. Rooker and Capel have looked... Rooker's looked obviously incredible, and Capel's looked fine. Capel's looked good. Capel does have an average over 300. And I think J.J. Bleday is still crushing the ball pretty hard at AAA. So, yeah, you know, it, it does make me wonder. I don't think we'd be good. You know, I don't think we'd be first in the division or anything. But with anywhere near decent pitching, we've been scoring. I think we'd be, like, barely under 500, maybe. There know. are games. There are some games where we can't. It seems like we can't hit anything and we don't score very much. Like, I bet we've been shut out a number of times. I bet we. I bet we're pretty high. I know we've been shut. Out. I bet we're pretty high on the shutout list um, so far this year. But the offense definitely hasn't been the problem. No. Um, I will say, this is our first extra innings win of the year. Obviously, we only have five wins, so a lot of wins are going to be our first something win of the year. But really? we were zero and four. Wow. So first extra inning win of the year. Wow. So it was cool. It was a good game. It was. It was fun. It's fun to have fun watching baseball. That's how it's supposed yeah, to be. It is kind of interesting to remember that um so moments of the week we've really already touched on them but for for me it was mason miller's debut it was exhilarating to see a man in an a's uniform pump 102 repeatedly yeah and he looked he's in the zone man you know he doesn't walk people he is attacking and yeah i'm not sure we're gonna get that from luis medina but we'll get there Uh, dan's moment of the week um, winning an in extra innings, like I mean, obviously, duh. I basically just said my entire thought on that. Freaking but duh. you know, I mean, I winning, losing in extras, especially at home, is just infuriating. And the and the ghost runner rule is it makes things wild. You know, extra innings is a trip. 
And we love to infuriate the angels. Yes. So it was great. It was great that we did it in extras, and it was great that we did it in extras to the angels. Okay. Um, so we've our first topic really to discuss was the vague ass situation, and uh, we did that. We don't need to talk about that much more. Although, I have been wondering, you know, if, if it worse comes to worse, what do we call ourselves? Are we still the Oaktown Boys? Do we become... Vegas Town Boys. That doesn't sound I don't sound think good. so. I the think Vague Town Boys. Vague Town. We'd have Edge to. Town. We'd have to. Talk, we have to. We'll have to. We'll have to talk, we talk could just about be it. the boys. I think we're gonna remain in blissful ignorance for the meantime. Um, but also, yeah, I mean, we'll take suggestions if you guys want to hit us up with suggestions. If that does happen, um, if you also don't want to do that, I understand. We could just be Town Boys forever. We could do yeah. that. We could do that. Um, I we'll cross that bridge when we come to it. But we are open. Uh, I mean, I, the lines are always open, obviously. But if anybody has any good ideas, it, you know, like we obviously, it's a thing that we have to be adults about and like entertain. You know, we it would be kind of weird to call ourselves Oaktown Boys if the team wasn't in Oakland anymore. So, um, for for what it's worth, I believe I speak for Dan as well when I say this. We fully intend to remain A's fans, like as long as this club exists somewhere i don't really see myself abandoning it yeah there's certainly uh a, a possibility that i fall out of love a little bit i guess or like less in love than i have been in my life but who knows i, I can't tell you how i'm gonna feel until something actually happens i guess i don't i mean i think you want to like prepare yourself for like not being into it less but I don't, I don't, I don't think so. I don't think I will. Um, obviously, it's a bummer, and it's like I think most of it is just how like deeply connected this team being in Oakland is to like a lot of things in my life, and I think that's probably true for like a lot of people, and I think that's that's the hard part about it, you know. So like I it being the same franchise like i would have to still root for them you know i mean it's still just like it's still the a's you know i think if they did rebrand to not the a's i would consider jumping ship i don't know why why would they change their name like it would be weird it would be weird the a's have moved many times at least three times and so i don't know there's a lot of ways to think about the situation like moving is a part of their history maybe they're just due to move yeah, I mean, I guess that's that's true too, and it's you know I we're it's distance wise it's kind of a wash for us down here right, right. now, yeah. you know. From, um, from Santa Barbara, we get cheaper direct flights to Las Vegas. Than so we, we could watch them play still. We could definitely still watch them play. It's not like they're moving to, you know, like Florida or Europe. Boston, yeah, or somewhere like that. Um, and they're not even technically moving yet, but you know we're. We're going through it with you guys. There's, it sucks. Yeah. It sucks big time. I don't like it. I basically just keep trying to come up with ways to make myself feel better. So yeah. here's one. If you had to choose between the Oakland A's staying in Oakland and never winning a championship ever again, or the A's moving to Vegas and winning like five in the next 25 years, what do you choose? I don't know. Winning sounds kind of cool. Winning sounds cool. So there's a lot of ways to think about this. And... Um. Um, you know, I encourage everybody to voice their opinions and 
do all you can to stand up for your Oakland A's, whether it's going to the protests or just tweeting a bunch. Just yeah, I don't know anything exactly. that makes you sleep better. And, and I if, don't. I think. I think as this starts to progress, more ways to potentially like get involved in the process will make themselves more clear. Um, so I mean, you know, keeping keep an eye out for that, and obviously anything that we hear about in terms of you know showing up writing in voting on whatever um we will let you know we'll let you know as soon as we find anything out because we're here you know we're here for it that we're trying to we're trying to keep them in Oakland we're, we're trying to do i not that we can do anything but if we can do anything we're trying to you know i believe there is a protest planned on the bart tunnel i think april 28th before the game presumably yep um that'd be a good thing for everyone to get out to obviously the reverse boycott that we've been planning as a fan base for like over a month now yeah still still fully on i I think still fully on we gotta we gotta support our oakland a's while we can um so on to the next topic um the a's have shaken things up a bit yeah the on-field thing kind of is getting more they're 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 changing the form and they're trying to do some stuff they're making moves that i personally would have them make you know like in the in light of the current situation so uh a little bit harsh, but not totally unexpected. James Cap has been optioned to AAA. Um, I mean, he's just not the guy that he has been for the last couple of years. Clearly, he's still figuring things out after his shoulder surgery, so wishing him the best. Hoping, and he's just not where we need him to be right now, which is okay. figure things out down AAA. Um, Dermis Garcia, DFA'd. Uh, we've talked a lot about him in the past year doesn't mean he's off the team not sure i'm sad if he is uh, well i think in my head jordan diaz seems to jordan diaz just took that spot well and so did like ryan nota right yeah but i mean i you know i jordan diaz hitting well is what i was hoping Dermis garcia might be and jordan diaz is way younger and is already doing it right now so totally we've got uh sam long coming to town Sort of in a trade, not really. It's, I think it's technically two separate transactions, but we more or less traded Cal Stevenson for Sam Long of the Giants, which the, is fine. I'm I'm happy with that. Apparently, the A's and Giants like never make a straight up trade. I didn't know that. They always do weird things like this, like really? DFA's and cash exchanges. They like never trade one player for one player. Wow. So something we can maybe follow up on one day. Uh, but I've been reading some tweets about that. Um, Fuji, after his blow-up, has been moved to the bullpen, which honestly seems like the most obvious call. Like, I feel bad for the guy, because they made a big deal about how he was going to get the chance to be a major league starter, and it was what he really wanted. But, I don't know, man. (laughs) Relievers that can dominate for, like, two to three innings are pretty valuable, and um, if they implode after the said two to three innings... I think I'd rather have them be a reliever than a starter. So, see how that goes. Well, and I mean, I he first of all seems like a super nice guy, um, and I, his stuff is super nasty. But you gotta talk, you gotta sit him down at a certain point. It's like, can you point us to an outing that we should believe in after two innings? You know, like no man. So I, I, I'm not surprised by. It. I'm bummed for James Cap. I'm bummed for Fuji. I'm not surprised at all by either one of those moves. 
Fuji's got the stuff to be a lights out reliever. I agree. Or closer, whatever we need. So, I mean, this could be a good move. This could be a great move. Um, also very exciting, Luis Medina on yeah. his way, making his big league debut tomorrow. He's going to start against the Angels um, and Patrick Sandoval. Um, and Mason Miller is just continuing to be in the rotation. Today was his second go. And still, I mean, looking worlds better than virtually every other option we have. So that gives us two absolute flamethrowers. Um, the last yes. time anybody could say that about the A's was like back before dudes even threw 100. So presumably the two hardest throwing pitchers in the starting rotation in A's history. Yes, I agree. Um, so that's going to be very exciting. Hopefully Medina can avoid his walking issues because that's definitely a thing. If you look at his numbers, he walks a whole crap ton of guys. Yeah. His um, his career minor league strikeout to walk ratio is 1.7. Um, I did a quick Google search. That doesn't sound good, and I wanted to get a little context. So this is a blurb from, like, 2014. So... Take that with a grain of salt. But it says, a very good K to walk ratio is four or higher. Um, in 2013, 14 of only 14 of 96 pitchers making their minimum innings pitch requirement were four or higher, including both Cy Young winners. Um, goes on to say, generally a ratio around 2.75 is considered good, while anything under two would be a sign of concern. And he's got a 1.7? He's got a 1.7 on his career. Interesting. Um, this year, in AAA, through nine innings, it was at 1.38. So, yeah. He does walk a lot of guys. I mean, just even the the raw numbers. Eight walks, 11 strikeouts this year so far. On his career, 274 walks, 468 strikeouts. Not great. It's just kind of rare to see a dude walk this many guys. So that will be interesting because the A's are walking way too many dudes as as it goes already. And yeah. um, so I'm hoping lesson number one that they're trying to instill in his head is throw it in the strike zone. We don't care if they hit it. We just don't want you to walk them. So something to look forward to. There have been changes being made. Um, we've talked about Jordan Diaz being in the in the lineup. Didn't even realize how many injuries the A's are fighting through right now. Drew Rosinski might be back soon. He's been making some rehab starts. Um, but yeah, the list of injuries is pretty long now. Adrian Martinez, unfortunately, has got a strained right elbow, and he was looking pretty darn good before that happened. Seth Brown's expected to come back mid to late May. Ramon Laureano has got a strained groin. He's probably out maybe till the end of this week. Hopefully that's the it, the end of that. Paul Blackburn's still down there rehabbing. Manny Pena's out till early May. Trevor, poor Trevor Mays, down with anxiety. I mean, I just feel bad for the guy. I also feel bad for anything mean I've said about him on the podcast this year. It's just a frustrating year to be an Ace fan, as we all know. But... I wish nothing but the best for Trevor May, and I hope he can uh, return to form. Domingo Acevedo's out, and then we got Danny Jimenez on the 60-day IL all of a sudden, not to mention Dalton Jeffries, Freddie Tarnock, or Kirby Snead. Much longer list than I had really fathomed. Um, so, yeah, I guess 
that's the state of your Oakland A's. Um, losing off the field, losing on the field. Yeah. Fun times. Yeah. Um, but they're trying out some young guys, which is uh, kind of really all you can look at right now. There'll be better days ahead one way or the other. There'll be more competitive days ahead one way or the other. Um, okay. So we got a, I got a random player for you. All right. Hit you ready? Me, hit me with your best shot. He is presenting the screen. Debuted in 2001 with Texas at age 23. Pitcher. Sort of was a starter. Went on to be a game finisher for the A's. Uh, came to the A's in 03. Had his first real year in 04, making 53 appearances. Was pretty good. Two all-star teams, 05 and 08. Yikes. Man, this was... This is a tough one. All-star relief pitcher. All-star relief (laughs) pitcher. He's a starter a second time being an all-star. Justin Dukeshire? Justin Dukeshire. Oh my god. Dude, that guy, that poor guy, he didn't play nearly as many years as he should have. No. Yeah, that was a good guess. That was a good one. That was very good, and I was completely lost until you hinted at the fact that he was a starter again later in his career. So. All star, all star, and on 05, I think I was like our only all star on a terrible team. Yeah, and then was an all star starter. Right? That team wasn't good. No, 05. Oh, no, we were good. They were fine, but that, they didn't make any noise. Did they even make the playoffs? I don't know. Oh, yeah, that was, uh, that was 88 and 74. Man, Justin, the Duke. That dude is fun. He has pretty decent, pretty decent pitching staff, actually. Yeah. Barry Zito, Dan Heron, Joe Blanton. Rich Harden. Oh, man, Rich Harden. What I wouldn't give to go back in time and just make sure that man never got. Okay, who is who is the? I would not have gotten this, but who who is the fifth starter on that 05 team? Barry Zito, Dan Heron, Joe Blanton, Rich Harden, Brett Anderson. No, further back. I don't know. I need a hint. His last name has two double letters. Sarlus. Yes. yes. <laughs> Dude, yes. he was kind of good too. Yeah, he was. Uh, closer. God, Richard was so good. Closer was Houston Street, and Duke sure was an all star out of the bullpen. He was good. He's good. Nice. Almost a whip of 1.004. ERA plus a 198 in 85 innings. Man, what I, I would love that right now. Yeah, he was essentially the setup guy what, for Houston Street. Tell me his K to walk ratio. Four point four seven. Ooh, over four. We just heard about how that's elite. Eighty-five strikeouts and nineteen walks. Oh, damn. Highest on the team. I wonder what he's up to now. Highest on the team by a minute, by a little bit. Dan Heron. Dan Heron at three point zero eight strikeout to walk, and then Justin Dukeshire at four point four seven. I feel like Dukeshire is like head chef at a world class restaurant yeah. these days. Yeah. I don't know why. Yeah, or like a sommelier. Or like. Excellent golfer. <laughs> um, World's number one dad. Okay. Well, 
What's the coolest thing you saw? Okay, well, I'll go first. Coolest thing I saw in the MLB this week was the uh, Rooker and Aguilar going back-to-back twice in the same game. That's awesome. I, you know, I mean, I in a down year, that may be our highlight of the year. That's that's awesome. That's super super cool. If that happened. Well, could be, and it was um, it was fun because like the whole baseball world was watching that game last night because it ended up being kind of an exciting game. You got Otani and Trout fighting to take the lead back and take mm-hmm. the victory, but nope, can't beat us. Not you know you shouldn't throw strikes to Brent Rooker. That's what they learned. That's why they walked him. That's why they chose to walk and run instead of face him in the ninth. What about you? Um, was having a little trouble thinking about this one, but. The thing that struck me as pretty cool was uh, Tatis is back, and today in the outfield he was getting taunted by the Cubs fans. They were chanting, "He's on steroids," and he just started dancing mm-hmm. to it. He just did a fun little, fun little jig to their taunts. Yep. And obviously, I was sad when Tatis was popped with steroids and disappointed in him. But man, if you're gonna come back. You gotta keep your head up, and you yeah. gotta you gotta take all that stuff on the chin, and that's what he's doing. Yeah. So that's all you gotta ask of him. Good for him. I hope he has a great season. I agree. It's super nice to have him back. I think it's good for baseball that he's playing again. I mean, and that he seems to be having fun. There was there was like what a year and a half period where he was just the most electrifying player on the planet. Yeah, and, and then um, unfortunately, seemingly just as long a period where he either couldn't or wasn't allowed to play. So hopefully we can put all that back. <laughs> Let's hope he's just been bottling that up and yeah. saving it for now. The um, fantasy face-off. So this is the first week that we're applying <laughs> the new rules. We're, the scoring system essentially. We're, we're doing the scoring system from our points league in that we're playing fantasy baseball in. And right. we're just doing it straight. We're just doing the amount of points that those guys accumulated in our league with the scoring system that we have for the last week. Um, not my best week. How'd you do? I did great. Nolan Gorman. Um, I have him on my fantasy team as well, so double bonus points here. He didn't even start in a game, and he ended up coming off the bench and hitting a grand slam. That's just like that's how the week went for him. He, awesome. He tallied fifty-two point eight points. I also got nineteen point nine from Sir Garrett Cole. Um, yeah. So was that 70, 72.7? So Garrett Cole alone would have been enough to beat you because <laughs> yeah. Adley got you 21.8. And Sale got and rocked. Chris Sale got you negative 13. The negative points are a real game changer, one that Dan and I are struggling to overcome so far yeah. in this new league. Yeah, especially this week. Um, who do you got going next week? I'm going to ride with Ryan McMahon, who's He's having been a, a little damn bit. good season so far. Yeah. Um, and then Jack Flaherty, who also, he's he's on pace for comeback player of the year, if I do say so myself. He's looked excellent, which is exciting because I thought he might have been one of those guys that just, like, stacked up shoulder problems so much that he just couldn't pitch anymore. So, because he was, remember, he was supposed to be, like, until maybe, like, like a star. Yes. Um, cool. I'm going to go with our very own Brent Rucker. Oh, now that's a good one. And Grayson Rodriguez. I like it. Good picks. Uh, well, hopefully this is the biggest, hopefully this is the most bummed out you're going to hear us. Um, but we'll see. We'll keep you updated. We'll let you know what happens. <laughs> it's, we've said it before, but feels real this time. It's hard to get, it's hard to go down from here. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it feels pretty bad. 
but uh, we're here. It was not fun. Honestly, it was. I wasn't super looking forward to coming on here and talking about this, but it was not bad. We and, did fine. Um, as we're wrapping up, the A's lose five to three. <laughs> How appropriate. We will next week will be a better week, folks, with better results and better news. Until then, go A's. Go A's.